the family series. And uh, let me just say this. If you have been in our church for the first time and you show up a second time, you're not going anywhere. We, got, we have you now. <laughs> if you try to go, we'll come after you. You now belong to us. Amen? Can I hear an amen? amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you're going to be part. Amen. Amen. We're talking about successful family life. Successful family life. And we've been sharing from the scriptures. I would just want to talk to the Holy Spirit. Could you please stand up, please? Let's honor him. He is the Lord. The Holy Spirit is here with us, just like Jesus was with the disciples when he was here for those 30, 30, 33 years. The Holy Spirit is the one here with us today, and we really need to honor him and welcome his presence and let him speak to us. He's the only one that can really touch your heart and really make your heart pliable so that the Spirit of God, God can actually speak to you and things begin to change. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you minister to us the principles of living by your word, O oh God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to thank you because you've given me the tongue of the learned that I should know to speak a word in season to him who is weary. I want to thank you for that, Spirit of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Marriage is God's idea. Marriage is God's idea for man. That's the, that was the very first institution for mankind. That's how important this was for God. After God created everything, then the next thing, the first institution for mankind was marriage. Union between a man and his wife. Because God is a family man. God loves the family. And anything that comes against the family, God comes against it vehemently. And you saw what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. You saw what happened before the flood. Once the family is compromised and God looks down and he doesn't like what he sees, it's getting different from what, the way he planned it, judgment comes. But we thank God there's not going to be any flood anymore. Judgment, because of the presence of Jesus, God's not going to judge. We can be free, but we need to listen because the final judgment is coming. And it's not going to be funny. It's a serious judgment. So God created the family, a husband and wife. That's the beginning for his purpose. God says, I like me. He created us in his image, and he wants many of him. So he says to increase and multiply because God wants more people on the earth looking just like God himself. Today, I will start addressing singles. Because that's very important. A man is not complete in the eyes of God until he's united with his wife in holy matrimony. However, God doesn't see the single man any less than the man who is married. He is equal to the man who is married. Jesus is engaged to his bride, the church. 
the union will not take place until the very end. Jesus is still the Christ. There is a purpose to everything under the sun. Being single is not a disease. It's not something that you start trying to get out of. Being single is a gift. Under heaven, every season has a purpose. A divine purpose. You being single is a gift to God, from God to you. Don't misuse that season of your life. God gives us seasons in life. There are different phases in life. There was a time when you were in your mother's womb. It takes nine months. You have to fulfill that season. If you try to get away from that season too early, we'll have some problems. So being a single person, God designed that for a purpose. And you need to discover the purpose and enjoy the purpose for which God gave you that gift of being single. If you're married, be happy being married. If you're single, be happy being single. Because there are blessings that God has reserved for you as a single person. And make use of all that God has made available to you. Take advantage of the seasons of your life as a single person. God has a lot of blessings for you in that season. Don't let society pressure you. To go into the next phase. God allowed that phase for a divine reason. You you won't want to see a 12-year-old person getting married. There is a reason for that. God doesn't do anything without reason. And you have to understand the reasons and dig into the reasons why God did that. There are many blessings that you receive as a single person that you will not get once you're married. The first blessing is the blessing of time. Your time belongs to you and your God. You can do whatever you want with your time. Once you get married, (laughs) have you heard the song, My Life is Not My Own? (laughs) I can't just wake up in the morning and begin to tell my family, I'm telling you I'm going to Alaska tomorrow. And I'm going to be there for a month. I have to give an account for what I'm trying to do. As a single person, you can just wake up in the morning and say, I feel like going to Alaska. Or you can say, I feel led by the Lord to go out to Alaska. You buy your ticket, 
and, and you can take off. But even if you tell your wife that you feel led to go to Alaska, she's going to ask you, who is leading you? You're not going anywhere. You stay here. Mm -hmm. It's a great blessing. Enjoy it. Amen. Take advantage of it to do whatever you please. Travel the world if you can. Do whatever you want when you're single. Don't get in a hurry to get out of that phase. And that's what society is doing. They're pressuring you to get into a second phase of your life. And God may not be ready for you at that time. And so people get in a hurry. They get into it and they get into trouble. Because it wasn't the time. A child in the womb has to be there for a time. For a season. That was that season. You don't breach that season. And so you hurry up, you get in trouble. That's what is happening. Parents are even pressuring their kids. Everybody is different. Amen? Let them have their time. God created them. Let them be free to enjoy that season. Don't let society force you to go in there. Let God lead you. Amen? So that's the first thing. The second thing, the second blessing is a blessing from God that you have, even as a Christian person, to build up your worth in Christ. Build up your worth in Christ. This is so important. It's so important. Don't wait until you're married to try to get spiritual and be the head of the home. As a single person, you got the time to prepare yourself. And please listen, for everyone who is single, or maybe God has had situations have allowed, has allowed you or into getting into a single season, there is a reason, there is a purpose. If, there, is a, if there are situations that have brought you into that season, take advantage of it. That's why you're hearing this message this morning. God has a purpose for it. Don't despair. Use it properly and let God carry you to your next season. Use that season to build up yourself spiritually. This is the way Paul puts it. In 1 Corinthians 7 verse 32 and 33 says, But I want you to be without care. Is Paul saying, is God saying, I want you to be careless? No. I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord. God is basically telling you how to live your life as a single person. Without telling you directly. If you understand it, you will really build yourself up ready for marriage and you will certainly have a good marriage. He says, the one who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord. So God is telling you, this is the time to build up yourself spiritually when you were single. He says, how he may please the Lord. That's what he's concerned about. That's what you should be concerned about. If you're a single person, focus on that. As if marriage doesn't mean anything. But when the season comes, God will bring everything around and you know 
the next phase. And if you try to stay in that place, you'll be so uncomfortable, you'll be wondering what's happening to me. But this is the time to build up yourself spiritually. It says, but he who is married cares about the things of the world. He won't, he, that's not sinful things. The things of the world, he, he, he lets you know how he may please his wife. It's not that pleasing your wife is wrong. That's what God wants. But when you are single, use that time that you can spend to please your wife. Build yourself spiritually. You can do it at that time. No distraction. And I'm not just speaking. I'm speaking from the word of God. It's the best time for you to start growing up spiritually. As you grow up physically, make sure you are growing up physically. I mean spiritually. Because you, you have to be grown physically to be married, right? Well, is your age spiritually equal to your age in the physical? If you're still a baby spiritually, why should you get married? You're still a baby. And that's the real you. Your spirit is the real you. So if you're a single person, focus on building yourself up spiritually. Because you'll need it in the future. Amen? So that's a blessing for being single. The third one. You learn how to wait. You learn how to wait. <laughs> Believe me, there is nothing as difficult in life as waiting. When you want something, it's so hard to wait. Waiting is really difficult. Have you seen anyone who gets whatever he needs every time at the time that he wants it? Have you seen a person like that? We all have to learn to wait. And waiting for the right time and for the right person, focusing on the word of God will give you a great lesson on waiting. Because this is one area, when you're going into marriage, this is one area you don't want to make a mistake. <laughs> you don't want to make a mistake. You will learn to wait, amen? Wait for the right one. Because this is serious business. This is number one business. Everything comes out of this. The kids are going to come. Everything. Based on the choice you make on this. You got to learn to wait. But if you learn to wait on God in this area, it will generalize. Amen? To other areas. So you learn to wait. Many times, God will not give you what you're looking for at the time you want it. He has his own time. His ways are different from our ways. He sees all, he sees the big picture. You don't. And you're wanting it today and screaming and crying. And if you can't, if you don't know how to wait, you give up before God gives it to you. We got to learn to wait. This is the time as a single person, as you are waiting God, that's when to begin to build up yourself spiritually and learn to relax and wait so that God will be the one in charge. It's hard not to be in charge, you know? Especially if you have a controlling personality, you're going to have a hard time. I mean, but this is the time to let God be in charge so that God, can, God will lead you. So that's a blessing in itself. 
The fourth blessing is to identify God's plan for your life. Use that time to begin to identify God's plan for your life. God, what do you want me to do for career? What do you want me to do? All of those things. The plan for your life. What is, what is my purpose here on earth, oh God? This is the time to begin to, to seek that. You know, if you do that, God will, will show you. He will, reveal himself to, he, will, he will reveal himself to you. If you're really serious about it, as a single person, while others are so focused on who to get married to, you're focused on God, why did you create me? What's my purpose? And if you do that, God will show you. And it will be the best thing for your life. You know, I said, that, said this before. Sometimes as you're growing, you have a plan for your life. This is one of the purposes for marriage. <laughs> for a man and his wife to enjoy being with one another. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 17, uh, chapter 7, Paul was saying that the man's body doesn't belong to the man and the wife's body does not belong to the wife. And he says the wife, the husband, must give to his wife due benevolence. I didn't know that this stuff is called benevolence. <laughs> okay? It says because she's due for this benevolence. And he must not withhold it. And the wife also must give him the due benevolence. It's part of living. Why are you all laughing? <laughs> this is very spiritual, you know. Highly spiritual. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. So it's a commandment. It's part of the benefit of being married. God commanded it. Now, we're laughing about this, but you know, these things are very spiritual. And if you go against it, it hurts the family. All of these things we've mentioned, they hurt the family. If you use it for manipulations and other things, you hurt yourself and you hurt the family. These things are very important. Now that we've put that aside, <laughs> I want to talk about, for the short time that we have left, I want to talk about the duty of the husband or duties of the husband in marriage. You've read the Ten Commandments. It never says anything about how to treat your wife or how to treat your husband. There's nothing about that much in the Old Testament about how to treat a woman, how to treat your husband and all of that. They just lived. But in the New Testament with Jesus, because marriage is a type of Christ and his church, God begins to let the husbands and the wives know what their roles are 
in the family. And since there are going to be kids, how to raise the kids? This is so important. And if you read in the New Testament, there are three separate scriptures that tells the man how or his role, his role about the family, his role in the family and his duties towards his wife. Three of them. The first one is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 19. And the second one is in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning from verse 25 through 20, uh, 33. And then the third one is in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And all of them are a little different. A little different. The one in Colossians is a little short, very short, but it's loaded. Just one verse. And I'm going to start with the one in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Bitter. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Notice what the scripture didn't say. Husbands, dominate your wives. Husbands, order your wives around. That's not what he says. He says to love them, not to subjugate them. You know, men are good with this stuff with submission. We'll come into that. The love the Bible is talking about here is the love of the will. It has nothing to do with how you feel. You love your wife because it is right to love your wife. Not because you feel like loving your wife. God loves us because he willed himself to love us. And that's what he is, love. So he cannot not love us. So love is a command from God to love. And it's a matter of the will. So you can't be in love with your wife. And now I'm no longer in love. That doesn't make sense. Because it's a question of the will. You can always love your wife. No matter what she does. Has nothing to do with how she looks. That will change over time. Please don't say I said that. Has nothing to do with how she looks. Has nothing to do with what she does. Selfishness is what says what I can get from her now. Not getting what I can get now, I'm out of love. No, you can be that way. That's not the way God orders it, ordered it. Your love ought to be as constant as God's love. He says it's a command. Husbands, it's not a suggestion. Husbands, love your wife and not be bitter against them. That got my attention. Why the word bitter? You see, there is, and God created man, there is a tendency 
in us as men to be bitter against our wives. And so just as you, you make up your mind, your will, I'm going to love. The same thing you have to work on, I'm not going to be bitter. Amen? I'm not going to be bitter. Because uh, women have a way of getting under your skin. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Amen? And so God knowing that, okay, he says, man, watch out. <laughs> Amen? Just watch out. Your wife's going to get under your skin. <laughs> and wives, I'm going to give you, I'm going to show you 10 things that you do. <laughs> do we have time, Teresa? <laughs> No, seriously, though. I'm going to show you. <laughs> Young girls, you better learn, okay? I'm going to show you 10 things that women do <laughs> to cause their husbands to be very resentful. Where he's thinking, mm. and that's his wife. We have that tendency. And we have to be aware of it if you want a healthy marriage. It's a thing of the will. It's a thing of the will. And you got to really watch out for it. Now let me share some things. Just as revelation for us. It would be uh, a difficult thing you know, between man and a woman, the key word for man for a woman is love. And the key word for a man and his wife is respect. We're coming to that. Those two things are so tough. And the way men and women respond to those two things are so different. And so we need to understand that. For a woman, if she feels unloved, from their husband, I means really bad, she responds one way. She responds, they give me one amen, in a different way. Now, if you see a man crying and saying, my wife doesn't love me anymore, you say, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Just, that's what you will say. What's wrong with him? Men don't cry if they feel unloved. Men don't even, that's not a big deal for them. When a man is disrespected, guess what he does? He gets angry. That's that's usual response for a man. Anger. When he feels disrespected, he gets angry. For women, when they feel unloved, their husband generally, uh, generally, maybe not all women, but it's the tears. But sometimes in secret place. And it's very painful. Both of them are so painful. You understand what I'm saying? But even though his reaction is anger, this is deep. Same thing when she's going through that. Women need to watch that. And men, you need to watch that. So important. They won't say what, but they're crying deep inside. Because the, 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 the husband is acting in a way that shows they don't really care. 
And we're going to be coming to this. There's a lot of things I want to share with you. A lot of things that the Lord is showing me that I want to share with you with regards to this. I'm going to be dealing with the man first. We're going to be talking in more details about the responsibilities of a man. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. But what's in the scriptures and what's really real and what's happening. We need to recognize that. The man is to love his wife as Christ loves the church. That's a calling. That's a calling. You have to stay with that. I'm going to be talking about the duties of men, and I'm going to put the different one, one, duties of a man, a husband in the home. And it's sometimes, and, and also for the woman, it's sometimes not what we think. But as we go through these things, you'll begin to understand and see. You know, knowledge is power. Amen? Once you gain knowledge, you have the power. It doesn't mean you are not going to be tempted anymore. But you know how this is, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in trouble right now. I need to know, get out of this because this is not the way God wants me to go. But you won't know it unless you have that knowledge. Next week, I'm going to be talking more about the duties and I'm going to lay it all out. The duties of the man and how a man should learn or study to understand generally women. You know, I've been in a situation where I'm with uh, men, and one of them is saying, my wife did this and that, that, and, and they just kept, they keep going, and I, you know, the rest of us, put your head down, she's just been a woman, okay? Don't cry about it. That's who she is. It's normal. Deal with it. And the same thing with a, a woman. You're complaining about your husband, find out, go around. You'll find out he was just being a man. That's the way God created him. And so when we have this information, we don't go all crazy. When we say this, we know how to work with it. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. This is a family series. I would like uh, family members, husband and wives, Stay close. Some of you can get close to your, your wife, but let's lift our hands up right here and begin to thank God for your family. First of all, pray for the United States because the family is really under attack today. We don't hate homosexuals. I had a friend, in, uh, it was my, one of my friends, very close friend, uh, while I was at the University of Texas A&M. I have nothing against him, love him, but I wanted God to help him because sin doesn't pay. It's not a good thing. That was all I was concerned. The, this uh, homophobia stuff, that's just words. doesn't make, mean, mean anything. We truly love. We truly love. Father, we just want to thank you for your mercy and for your grace upon our lives. Thank you for those, oh God, who are single among us here today. Lord, I pray that you will give them the ability to wait on you so that your will will be done in their lives and so that they will have that abundant life that you came to, to give to us. 
and for those Lord God who are married I pray for every family I pray for your goodness and for your mercy upon every family I pray for prosperity in the home of every family that's represented here today and that the difficulties and the problems be taken away so that your grace will abound and your mercy will abound in each family give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you help us to know the hope of our calling the greatness of your power in us to change all things all heads bow if you're here this morning eyes closed and you don't you have not made Christ your Lord and Savior you have opportunity today to bring him into your life he see God is a gentleman he will not invade your life unless you ask him in how many will ask Jesus into your heart today for the first time can I see your hand up quickly put your hand up thank you Jesus want you to know God loves you he cares for you and will take care of you take care of your family and everything that belongs to you father I bless your people today in Jesus name the Lord bless you the Lord prosper you the Lord make his face to shine upon you may his peace be multiplied upon your life and your family upon your marriage upon your children May your children grow up to be great. May your children grow up to make you proud. May God's mercy forever be your companion. In Jesus name and God's people said amen. God bless you. Now I will encourage you also on Wednesday night